0: You're a dangerous person to know, Alexandra. Your scientist friend, your boss, the policeman, Wendy. By the by, where is that tasty little sister of yours today?
1: If you harm Shannon, I'll kill you.
0: Spare me, child. Behold my true face. Oh, my God. Yes. The shit just... Hit the fan, didn't it? Let's get this over with, shall we? Make your wishes. Three wishes, Alexandra. Doesn't that intrigue you? Just a little. Anything you want.
1: Anything?
0: You ask for anything. I must grant it. A trip to the moon. A visit to Pharaoh's Egypt. What happened if
1: I wished you dead?
0: Why, how remarkably original, Alexandra. I'll tell you what. I'll give you one free wish. A sample. Get you into the spirit of the game. All right. I want you to destroy yourself. Blow your brains out. Right now. Very well. <gasps> which is eternal, cannot die. But if it's any consolation, sweet Alex,
2: that hurt like hell. This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 201. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On episode 201 we kick off a first of a two-parter Russian Roulette franchise retrospective looking at the Wishmaster series. On this episode we'll be looking at Wishmaster 1 and 2 and then coming up Either the end of this week, early next week, you'll get the concluding part, covering parts 3 and 4. Joining me on this episode will be Ryan Lewis for Wishmaster and The Witch from Witch versus a Doomsday Clock for Wishmaster 2. Yes, that is right. We've already announced what the next Russian Roulette franchise retro will be as well. It's going to be Tremors. I've got a great list of guests lined up to join me for that. The draw for that will be happening over this weekend so if you are about on the Facebooks you will be able to see us do the live draw probably Saturday night uh, to see who lands what movie in that franchise that recording will be coming in and around December for part of our Listener Choice December series so yeah there's tons of things going on. We're going to be doing more of these next year, I'm going to try and get them scheduled in for every other month. Um, mostly because I want to get through some of the more obscure franchises but also there's a ton of really small franchises out there that would be easy to pick off in one or two recordings with minimal effort and give you a good chance to introduce you to a whole host of new um, horror podcasters that have not been on the show before so I want to expand that out and get more people involved so keep your eyes peeled for them as and when they drop as well right let's just get into this uh let's make this episode nice and skippy so i'm gonna take a very short break just now you're gonna hear promos for shows that i love you're gonna hear the trailer for our first movie review of this first part of the russian Roulette franchise retrospective looking at wishmaster up first it's wishmaster with my guest ryan Luce. coming right up right after this hey
3: feeling down feeling low not enough podcasts about movies in your life why not try? They
0: must be destroyed on
1: sight.
3: The new podcast Cure All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns. We even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of
1: They must be destroyed
2: on sight.
3: As needed and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper Paul Romali and the odd guest host cure what ails you. Warning: may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocers' itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, Saint Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. <laughs>
4: Watch
1: that crate, that's very expensive Ah!
0: For centuries, he has remained hidden Watching Waiting And now He is coming He knows your secret hopes he sees your private dreams and he can grant your every desire. Well, I'm not a <laughs> greedy man. How about a million dollars? I remember a certain potentate whose last party was talked about for centuries. Oh, God, how I'd love to host a party like
5: that. I wish to be beautiful forever.
0: Even if it kills you. As you wish. <laughs> What do you like to escape? Death? No. Beg for your life. Help me. Pray for your soul. But whatever you do, ready to play? Don't make a wish. Ah! Wish master. Careful what you wish
2: for. Welcome back ladies and gents. So let's kick this off in style and in grand tradition. Uh, We're doing another one of these Russian Roulette franchise retros. I picked the one for October this year. I picked Wishmaster mostly because I'd just done that big summer teapot series on the 90s and I watched Wishmaster again for the first time in ages. And I was like that, yeah, there's a couple of them, what, there's fucking four of them? (laughs) I was, no, no, there's not. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, and I can buy the Blu ray set and it can be here tomorrow. Let's just do that. So it had, it became a thing. And then names went in hats and then names got drawn from hats. And for some reason, this man is bucking the trend. He was originally stuck with let's just say less favorable entries in most of the series we've done thus far but the times they are a changing and some would argue he's probably landed the best one and long may that continue, uh, the person coming up to tackle Wishmaster, the very first entry we'll be doing, um, one of two on this episode, the final two coming on the next episode, is my good buddy Ryan Lewis, how you doing Ryan?
5: as you wish i am okay i'm pretty damn good i am uh excited to be back here even if it's talking about Wishmaster. and um yeah i'm excited yeah this should be
2: this should be fun because like your name went in the the hat because your name like we have we have an agreement now we have a contract between the two of us that you are automatically included in all of them so, all these retros, you will just go in. But then I was thinking to myself, I mean, I know that if I've not heard of parts three and four, that means they're really bad, right? If I've oh, yeah, never heard of them. And I was thinking, part two wasn't all that great. And then I watched part one, and I was like, well, part one's cool. Um, and then I started thinking to myself, uh, Ryan now has a one in, a one in four <laughs> 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 chance of getting one that will be like considered good. Um, I didn't like those odds and you bested the odds my friend and and landed the first one and to be honest I'm over the moon with that because if I was chatting to anyone about Wishmaster and really getting into it then I would want to do that with a Ayao. So um, you know the format, it's really simple, I'm going to ask you four questions um, and we're going to work our way through them. I'm going to give the people out there a little bit of info before we do that. Uh, This particular movie, uh, was produced by Wes Craven, but um, it's based on the work by Peter Atkins, directed by special effects guru uh, Robert Kurtzman. Um, the movie itself stars Tammy Lauren, Andrew Devov, Robert England, Chris Lemon, Wendy benson Landis, Tony Crane, Jenny O'Hara, Kane Hoarder, Tony Todd. It's starting to see there's a bit of, there's a wee bit of uh, kind of the, the, the horror royalty. Um, from other franchises kind of coming in here which is I like that it's kind of like they're adding their seal of approval uh, George Buck Flowers also in this movie the synopsis for Wishmaster is a demonic djinn attempts to grant its owner three wishes uh, which will allow him to summon his brethren to earth my first question to you Ryan Lewis is what does Wishmaster from 1997 do right?
5: You know, I might be a in a minority here, but I'm. Uh, I believe that Wishmaster does a lot of things right. Uh, uh, it is a special effects tour de force. This thing is latex fucking heavy, and that makes me really, really fucking happy when I look at it. You could tell this film was made by a special effects guy, and you know he had all his people just throw it into this thing. Mm -hmm. it it has that feel it has that feel that i would say um hellraiser 3 has (laughs) (laughs) where you're like this is this is overstepping you know what it should be but i'm enjoying it anyway that's what this feels like even down from the musical score which is done by the hellraiser fucking guy it's written by peter Atkins, who did part two and and on two two through four and all these these horror cameos, and it had Reggie fucking Bannister and, in it for Christ's sake.
2: Does this film?
5: <laughs> That's amazing, and turns him into a cancer fucking you know melty man. There's so many aspects of this thing that I, like I was watching it last night with my son. It's been a number of years since I've seen this film, and um, we're watching it. And his first reaction, he goes, "Ah, oh, this. So this is a genie." <laughs> genie that's gonna he's gonna kill people and i said yeah yeah just watch and uh his initial reaction was like um this isn't good (laughs) and then it turned to this is pretty amazing and and that's what i feel this film does it it's it's a display of a certain set of skills that these makeup makers have, and a chance—a first-time chance for a makeup person to make his first film. Yeah, and produced by Wes Craven, Papa Papa Wes. You know, there's all these things. I think they do—they do pretty right.
2: Yeah, I think I'm with you. To be to be fair, one of the things that shocked me during the summer series as much as it did was how much I enjoyed coming back to Wishmaster. It was a movie that when it originally came out even at my I mean I I was still in high school when this movie came out I kind of approached it from a position of cynicism even as a kid (laughs) well as a young adult um, where I was just like oh here we go trying to to give me a new horror icon to get behind (laughs) I see what you're doing and it's weird because I look back on it and this one for all intents and purposes, it probably shouldn't work. On paper, this shouldn't work because I think you've highlighted some key things here which should sink this movie and one is that it does kind of feel like a weird kind of almost fly-esque sort of clone between mm-hmm. um Hellraiser and Nightmare on Elm Street. There's still this kind of idea of, you know, the invasion of your psyche and your dreams and possession of you over that. And at the same time, this idea of kind of be careful what you wish for. Um You know, th- th- these elements drawn together that shouldn't work. They really shouldn't work. But for whatever reason, Wishmaster, I think it's the big Reason out with the special effects, which were, I agree for the most part, out with the CGI, which from ninety seven is never gonna date well. It's never that's, gonna date yeah, well.
5: Yeah, that that's on the bad list.
2: Yeah, but on, on the practical list, whenever they're doing any practical effects here, I am like hollering out with glee at how well they're doing it. But what this movie does, I think, more right than it should do, is it knows exactly what tone to play this movie at and that is somewhere between like silly and one-liner laden and at the same time like kind of dark and a bit mean like this movie like really manages to balance those kind of two tonal aspects really well and as a result of that I think that's why your son was saying to you right this is not a good movie and by then he's like this is kind of fucking awesome because when you first see it and it's set like in Ancient Persian already, what are we doing? Like <laughs> what are we doing here? Um I, I don't know about this. And by the end of it, you've got the, we've got these, like, ancient artifacts all coming back to life. You've got a genie, like, who apparently knows modern parlance. He's walking around the place talking about shit hitting the fan. Like, and <laughs> you're like, how do you even know what that means? You've been locked up for 3,000 years. Didn't-? I mean,
5: for Christ's sakes, he says, fuck it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> ah, fuck it. And you're like, well, excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me? You know, like, but that's what I kind of love about it. I kind of love the fact that they're just like, we, you know, we, right, we need to ground it somewhere. He's a gin, so we're going to see it happen 3,000 years ago. But that is literally the only thing we're going to do in terms of lip service to that. Now, it's modern times, modern world. He's out doing his, his thing. And it's goofy, and it's fun. And we're not always going to adhere to the rules of wishes. Like, there are things here where... It sounds like he just makes it a wish. (laughs) Right, right. I don't think it would stand up in a court a lot. My client didn't actually wish for, you know, to become like a a glass pillar and shatter. I don't think that actually happened, ladies and gents. Um, But at the same time, though, I I love how much fun it's having. And you're right that the fact that you get all these guys who clearly had worked with Robert Kurtzman in the past, but on the other side... So Kurtzman would have been doing special effects for them and all the rest. The fact that they're like that, you're doing your first movie, fuck yeah, I'll have a cameo in it. Um, I, I love that. I mean, the, one of those great kind of loophole deaths where you're like that, he didn't actually wish for this, is poor Tody Todd, who ends up drowning to death like Harry Houdini. He does not say, I wish to escape. The dude says to him, surely, surely... Like you, you can tell me, you can tell me. Like you, you, must think to yourself, you'd do anything to escape this job. Surely you would have said that? Said, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all he says is yes. He says he doesn't say yes. I wish to escape this job, and then he's not like, that well. Fuck you
5: drown like (laughs) yeah the 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 djinn in this he is fucking mean (laughs) you follow the storyline it says that you know they were created after angels and before human beings and they despise human beings they think they're pieces of shit and they are meant to serve and to torture and that's all they want to do so given the opportunity yeah he's gonna make (laughs) fucking candy man (laughs) drown i was thinking to myself as well when i was watching that. i was like see if you want anyone to get to three wishes like,
2: don't make the wishes turn out mean. That's how you do it, you know. <laughs> like, if I want someone to get to three wishes, I give them what they want. I don't, hmm. I don't go like that. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna fuck with this wish, or I'm gonna fuck because then I'm thinking to myself, why would I want to make my second wish? why would I want to make my third wish because nothing is like,
5: it's, it's like <laughs> yeah but I kind of I kind of see that slightly differently and the reason why I do is because it's kind of like he does to Alex which I, I'm going to interrupt myself and Alex she looks more like Linda fucking Hamilton than Linda Hamilton does Dear now. Dear God I know <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it's it's like he did to the, um, the whatever, the pharaoh guy in the beginning of the movie. He does the same thing with her. He makes things so fucking terrible with her wish that she has to make a second wish, yeah. Yeah. which leads to just one more fucking wish. And so I see what he's doing there, and I can see his motivation for being such a fucking prickle with people. And
2: <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in fairness and in fairness. If the movie was following my rules, it would be a pretty boring fucking movie. <laughs> so, right, right. It would be Aladdin essentially, and I don't want to see that fucking. Although blue, I don't want to Bolsa see that movie, but
5: that, that part of the movie when he punches in her car window and he just smashes in there when she's at a stop sign, I wish he said, "You ain't never had a friend like me." I really. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, this movie. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine? I can show you the world. (laughs) (laughs) It's like people being flayed in the background. Oh, absolutely amazing. What does, well, on the counter, you were kind of hinted on CGI. What does, (laughs) let's get into that. What does Wishmaster not do well? Oh my god! The CGI—that CGI is, the is
5: so one bad issue though. that I really have. But okay, let alone the fact that it's, it's a lot of this fucking acting is fucking horrible. <laughs> it really is. But it, <laughs> it, the sister—what's the sister's name? She uh, is so bad in this movie. What is her name? I, I don't even. It doesn't matter. Her name is fucking fire painting. I could give a fuck <laughs> what her <laughs> name <laughs> is. But <laughs> she is. She is really fucking bad. The Sh- best. Shannon. Uh, that's it. Shannon. Shannon yes. Yeah yes even the alex chick when she's fucking screaming and having like little seizures on the ground i'm like just shut the fuck up please but yeah yeah the acting's not great the veterans do a pretty decent job but let's go to the goddamn cgi (laughs) which is another thing that made me think of um hellraiser 3. Uh, yeah
2: because hellraiser 3 is the first one of those movies where they're really like CGI is a cool thing, isn't it? Right.
5: Holy shit! They have the same
2: ending. They do. They have exactly the same ending.
5: Wow! I just realised that right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. They're exactly like they they are almost mirrors of the same movie. But you know, you think about it. It's—it's a. I mean, Hellraiser Three is Pinhead in the box, trapped in a statue. (laughs) This one is like a diamond. Trapped in a statue. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs)
5: Holy
2: shit. Think about how he becomes like a life form. Like for Pinhead to escape where he is, he has to consume that guy. You know what I mean? He eats him in the pillar. And then you get exactly the same in this. (laughs)
5: Yeah, he's he's taken the soul of one person, he's taken the soul of the other guy. Holy shit. This is a fucking rip. Peter Adkins is a one-trick fucking pony. He's like, I know how to do one thing, and I know how to do it kind of well. I know statues. I know souls. That's what I fucking know. I want I want a DVD
2: Cenobite in this movie uh, because CDs are now like that's a that's a latent sort of reference. DVDs are the new. I want a laser disc Cenobite, which is just a giant fucking mouth. Uh, But
5: yeah, the CGI in this it looks like it's straight from the fucking lawnmower man. It's it's. Whenever you see <laughs> these apparent other genies and they're just pushing out of the fucking, you know, atmosphere and yeah. shit, that's fucking horrendous. And, you know, anything CGI in this just looks really bad, like something that somebody made in their 1998 home computer.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a shame because when you contrast with how well the practical effects are done, but not that when you're watching this on a Blu-ray now, how well the practical oh, effects yeah. have held up.
5: Right, it, it's like you juxtapose, juxtazo- uh, juxtazo- uh, I, I can't even say the word right juxtapose. now, I've had no, yeah. there you go, I've had no sleep. <laughs> um, that CGI with that scene where practically it has a skeleton turning on its own body yeah. and ripping out of it. You know, you could tell the person and their mind doesn't want this to happen. But the skeleton inside has turned evil and it's ripping out of its fucking body so we could grab some chick. That is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to put these shitty ass CGI moments in there. And at the time, I remember, you know, I was a teenage me watching this film and I was naive and I looked at the uh, CGI, and I said, "Oh, cool! They use computers." Yeah. And I think the large portion of the populace at the time had that thought process. When they start first started using computers, they we knew it looked fake. Yeah. And, but we didn't <laughs> care. We were like, "It's the future, and it's now." <laughs> But, you know, in retrospect, you look back at it, man. It's just, that is a notch against this film and pretty much any film in that era that Oh, definitely.
2: Yeah, very few get it. I mean, the only one I can think of from, I mean, it's the following year that the CGI has surprisingly held up better than it probably should have um, is Event Horizon. Event Horizon Mm -hmm. CGI has weathered the storm in a way that I don't know how because everything else... Around that hasn't, and yet Wishmaster to me is the pinnacle of what you should use as an example to a filmmaker who has a decent budget as a reason to use practical effects against CGI because what you see is this movie is 22 years old, look at it, look at it, <laughs> uh, look at the stuff that has aged really fucking well and look at the stuff that has not aged well at all and i tell you right now that is what you're paying for you're paying for legacy you're paying for not only the fact it looks gnarly and it's fun as fuck to do but you are paying for a visual effect that will stand the test of time
5: yeah it's longevity yeah and you know if you're looking for anything in film it's longevity
2: Agreed, agreed Well let's swing it to, to number three The easiest of all questions when you're dealing with part one Of a franchise Which is where in the canon of the Wishmaster uh, Does this make a mistake Because it hasn't done one yet Because it's kind of made its own rules at this point um, What I will ask you is We know that, well I know And you know, that things are not Consistent after this mm. um, Issues may arise Um what I'll do is I'll just fling out a random question to you just to fill this gap. Other people doing these will, will get an opportunity to, to kind of spill back into it. But with such an interesting concept, like the idea of a genie, it's been done a couple of times. I actually want to say that Toby Hooper released a movie called Just Jin, And then you've got things like Sam Raimi's done one as well, which I think was less... Jinn esque and more, uh, what's he, in Jewish mythology? I can't quite remember. So what's... I have
5: no idea what you're talking about
2: there. <laughs> So what, what do you think about this particular style of villain never quite took off? You know what I mean? Because this to me seems like it's the Hellraiser thing. You know, like Hellraiser always seemed like after that movie, I just felt there should have been tons of movies of... Like possessed boxes or Faustian packs, or I mean, I right. suppose we did get a lot of kind of angel and devil shit in the early nineties, but to me this seems like the the most obvious of obvious, easy things to do is some sort of some sort of being that comes from a box or from a diamond or whatever, and the idea of you your wishes turning against you or your Your desires uh, being contorted and twisted. Why do you think there aren't... Why do you think it's it's so difficult to do then if Wishmasters really, or Hellraiser really are the pinnacles of that?
5: That is a very good question because, you know, the idea of taking something that is... You know, it was so well known in in just popular culture and then spinning it and putting a darker edge on it and making things that you think of or you dream of turn against you is it's, it's a fascinating idea. Mm it's something that anybody even if you know you can't picture this world you can picture things you want you can picture things you need and given the opportunity to fix something or try to make something better or improve something in your life it's it's it would be tempting to anybody so i think the only thing that has ruined any of that is probably the film series themselves yeah because but you know the second one is a steep uh decline from this film and i'm gonna you know throw that out there the last two are pretty fucking dog shit
2: <laughs> thanks man thanks i can't
5: wait hey, to right, get to get <laughs> right so you know good luck on this but don't worry i bought the box set so i'm gonna be watching along with you guys um and it's the same thing with the Hellraiser series. After, you know, by the time you got to the third one, you got CD heads. And then after that, you know, it just lost its luster. And then it went to direct the DVD land. Yes. If they kept things going with the quality of, say, the Hellraiser series as the first two films, and in this one, at very least, kept the quality of this film, and which has room for improvement. Just say, okay, all practical, fuck this CGI bullshit. We're gonna go all practical, and we're gonna come up with interesting stories, then, you know it's the limit there is no limit you could just keep going and come up with more creative ideas but once you take an interesting idea it doesn't matter how interesting the idea it is it doesn't matter how well it is uh-huh. uh, done the first time you fuck it up afterwards you're gonna fuck it up for everybody because nobody's gonna want to touch it
2: i'm with you 100 percent. i think um the is that thing about diminishing returns with these series in particular. And it's it's weird, not all franchises have such a steep decline. And what's weird about it is, if anything, uh, the, the premise of Wishmaster or the premise of Hellraiser should give you an infinite playground of things to do. I mean, Mm. because everyone has different desires or ways to twist things, the Hellraiser idea, you know, anyone could open the box and kick off. You know, there's, there's so many ways you can take them. And it feels like the, as soon as it gets in the hands of too many writers or writers who are not invested in the source material itself, that's when they just tend to, it's that kind of, well, I could write a horror movie. Uh, well, right. give it give it to Tim. Tim seems to think he can write a I mean he was a janitor two days ago, but today he says he can write <laughs> a horror movie. Tim's away writing it. And but there is a thing about that and those series, I mean, Nightmare's a great example of that, and so's Friday as well, to to an extent of oh, yeah. Well, you know, you you were the writer the last time, but you're the director this time round or, you know, you did catering on this <laughs> this movie <laughs> you're not the producer uh, because I mean you're rewarding people that have put the hard work in but by rewarding them you're maybe giving them positions in the franchise and in the filmmaking that they may not necessarily be qualified to do and I think that's where you I, I'm with with you 100% on that I think that's where they kind of start to fall off let's lean that in the last question Ryan I'm, I'm looking forward to this one as always uh, the last question is if you were to whatever your position is, you either recommend this movie or you don't recommend this movie. If you could pick one scene from the movie to back up your argument for why you want to recommend it or why you don't want to recommend it, what would it be and why?
5: I would absolutely recommend this film to to um, special effects lovers, to uh, practical effect gore hounds. I would absolutely and the scene that I would probably recommend is the scene when Robert Englund says he wished his party would go down in history <laughs> and not just all the crazy shit that happens in there. The the scene in particular where he's ran off and he's hiding in the hallway. Yeah, and then the Alex chick bumps into him, and he's like, "Alex, what's going on here?" and starts to vomit up Vombs. this thing <laughs> that looks like the thing is coming out of his mouth and then tentacles come and wrap around her leg and she cuts it off with a broken piece of a vase and then it does this shot when she's running off and it just shows him on the floor kind of like laying down like a fucking crab with this nasty fucking thing coming out of its mouth that was pretty fucking rad (laughs) I'm with you, I'm with you. Like, I love it. There is a bit where you're watching,
2: though, you're thinking to yourself, does Robert England have a clause in his contract where shit always has to be coming out of his mouth? Like a giant elongated tongue or something? (laughs) Is is that, is that like, is that in the contract somewhere? Is that his thing? Uh, No, it's it's a, it's a more than worthy scene for sure. I, I, like, for me, one of those things where it, it brings me infinite joy is, and you see it in many, many movies because it's an ongoing joke. But Ted Raimi getting squashed by a box is yes. kind of amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And then we're, we're talking about all those, like all those little cameos as well. I mean, you you almost have instant goodwill with me for life when your movie has a voiceover at the start by Angus Scrim. I mean, you're you're literally. You, you know what I mean, you know what I mean, like you're doing everything right at that point. But yeah, seeing Ted Raimi. Die at the start of this one's just like, yep, yeah, I can I can live with that as well. It's yeah, like,
5: it's, it's, it's a beautiful brilliant. scene. You know, little alone the guys like,
2: fuck you, buddy. Throws <laughs> <You're> a <laughs> <or some laughs> like his fucking head with
5: a statue
2: in it. <laughs> <It's beautiful. laughs> we've all been there, Ryan. We've all been there. Um, right, so the, the the last thing I need to ask is, you know, we do Netflix or old Netflix grades over on this bitch. Um, what would you give a Wishmaster?
5: Oh, my God. Um, this, it, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I liked it slash loved it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to put it there. It's not a full love because I see everything that's wrong with this film. I'm not delusional. And I, you know, I've been known in the past to to love a bad film. Yeah. And if you really <laughs> think about this, there are aspects of this pre acting or anything else that make it a technically a bad film. Oh, yes. <laughs> What's there's a lot to fucking enjoy in this thing. And yeah. if you put yourself in the right mind frame and don't just expect some kind of fucking Oscar-worthy performance, you're going to end up having a good time with this movie. There's going to be at least one or two times you're just going to go, oh, because something is just gnarly looking. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like Loved It.
2: Yeah, yeah, so you're, you're with me then. That's a four. four. That's a four out of five. Yes. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'd Like, it surprised me when I watched it for the... The summer series, how much fun I had with it, I watched it last night um, and yeah, had equal, that's two times in the space of three months that I've watched this movie and I had just as much fun watching it again and that to me, you know, that to me shows that it is worthy of its four and I'm with you 100% if I sit down and analyse and pick apart this movie, there's some big issues here but that's not what my grades work on, they work on feelings. there it is man
5: there it is
2: so you're going to be back in like a less than two months time for another one of these Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're doing tremors now i have to ask you a question uh before i let you go ryan um any number in that franchise you're really looking forward to getting
5: i'll put it this way i have only seen the first tremors Oh, God, right? That that is all I've seen. And I remember I was in high school and I enjoyed that film for what it is. Kevin Bacon's the man. And uh, I bought the box sets. You know, it's got a steel case and everything. So that's fantastic. It's got all (laughs) of them in there. And uh, so... I don't care what I get. You know, the first one, that's great. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But, it, you know, if I end up with fucking five or something and that's a pile of shit, I have no idea. I'll be happy to get it because um, this is an all-witness scenario for me. <laughs> I get to watch movies that I haven't seen.
2: Nice, man. Actually, I've seen, I've seen the first three and then the last one that came out and I didn't hate any of them.
1: Mm, that's so
2: a uh, i didn't think they were terrible either uh, which is interesting so it'll be interesting to see where you land with them i wish you all the best in them um and uh, i look forward to that draw coming up thanks very much mandy What's say goodbye to listeners before you jump out
5: all right listeners once again it's been a pleasure to be here and i've always enjoyed coming back to my favorite podcast and uh you know, I hang out with these people on the uh, Facebook page, and they're all good people. So, you know, I'm glad to do this, and I hope you enjoyed the show.
2: Nice, right? I'm going to take a very short break just now. You are going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the second and final movie of this particular episode. It is Wishmaster Two. I'm going to be joined by the witch. We're we'll going to be doing that right after this.
4: Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, uh, necrophilia. Uh, yeah. uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this? No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one
1: whatever you desire
0: he can deliver whatever you imagine he will invent all you have to do is say the word i wish for one wish some will surrender their souls. I claim that which is owed.
3: How many souls does he have?
0: And others...
2: You wanna spend eternity in his hell? Then help
1: us! Help yourself! we
0: ...will fight for their lives. Shall we dance? You wanna explain this to me? He needed to chill out. My kingdom will reign on this Earth. Prepare yourself for the next level of terror. Make your wishes. Wishmaster 2.
2: Evil never dies. It's over. And welcome back. So this is the second and final review of this particular installment of the Russian Roulette franchise Retrospective. Looking at the Wishmaster franchise... We're doing Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies. That was a terrible, terrible, terrible Wishmaster impression, but I would argue that <laughs> there's a terrible Wishmaster impression in here by the guy that played Wishmaster in the previous movie. So, um, yeah, let's not throw stones in glass houses. Um, this movie uh, will be covered by myself and my special guest at this time, the man behind Witch Versus the Doomsday Clock, it is of course the Witch. How you sir?
3: I am fantastic, and I'm here because you wished it, Duncan.
2: (laughs) I wouldn't wish this on anyone. That's the problem. (laughs) I was saying to you just off here, why do I keep doing this to myself?
3: Uh, I don't know. You're a glutton for punishment. And uh, look, I I share your pain now, as as we also discussed off air. And yeah, I'm feeling very lucky that I've got number two, to be honest.
2: Yeah, you went right through the... You did pretty much what I've done now, which is like just troll your way right through him. although in saying that i've spread it out over two and a half days you did it all back to back which is just not good
3: dude (laughs) i reckon if you if you're gonna if you're gonna masturbate with sandpiper, you just keep going until you finish and then you never do it again
2: yes there is no penis left i see what you're saying i see what you're saying um this movie interestingly enough i'm just i'm just checking to see Occasionally you see like, a you name you like, I know that name, and how do I know that name? Um, but it's directed by a guy called Jack Shoulder, who did, funnily enough, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which is a movie, really? Yeah, and Alone in the Dark, which once again, great fucking movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, so God knows what happened here, but something happened.
3: They um, <laughs> offered him a large sum of cash and he had a weekend off. I don't know. Yeah,
2: maybe. Maybe, because the sets look like it. Um, this this movie, uh, directed by Jack Shoulder, the writer for the character, at least, is Peter Atkins. We mentioned with in the previous review with Ryan, the guy behind some of the work on Hellraiser. But Jack Shoulder himself did some writing for this one. Um, the cast, it's a whole list of who gives a fuck. Um, gone are the, the massive horror icons that were, like, dropping by for little cameos. We have Holly Fields, Chris Weber, Al Foster, Andrew Devov returns as the Djinn, um, Vito and that's not his name, uh, Randy Hall, which, <laughs> uh, just like, that just is the best name ever. <laughs> 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 how, how, how would you describe your high school prom a randy hall um, there we go <laughs> uh, maria gennaro and some other folks let's not bother with this a uh, synopsis is the evil djinn is awakened once more and must collect wait for it one thousand and one souls to begin the apocalypse now we usually do this over four questions we will do it over four questions but uh, I can't help but notice we have instantly, not only up to stakes, but made things more difficult in this one. Because in our yep. first movie, um, it was literally, he gets woken up, he collects a couple of souls until he's strong enough, then he tracks down the waker and gets them to do the three wishes. But he's going to do that all the way through it, even while he's collecting souls. In this movie... It's like, no, 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 no. This is like Mortal Kombat now. You need to go through 100... Oh, 1001 levels first before you are at the position where you can take on your your waker. And, like, instantly, like, when watching this one, the only thing I could remember from a previous watch, because I'd only ever seen the first two, was the scene that I think everyone remembers in that a lawyer fucks himself. That was literally all I could remember about Wishmaster 2. It's like, oh, that's right, this is a movie where a man actually fucks himself. Um so when I was watching it I was like I'd watched the previous one the night before It's was like A Thousand and One Souls was that mentioned in the previous movie no no it's not
3: no no, no. it's just a number they just
2: pluck it here and a, a big number no, as well
3: I know what the answer is Duncan and it can be it can be answered in two words <laughs> let me know run time <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, yes, that's, that's a good answer. It's a good answer. Let's go. Let's um, yeah, the, oh my God. It just as we kicked out of this one. Um, I won't be lying if I said I didn't have a, a, a quite a bit of form with this one, but we will we'll see where we we'll land. So the first question to you, my friend, the witch, is what, if anything, does Wishmaster 2 do well?
3: Uh, it retains the same gene, which is good. Uh, hmm. It doesn't change gene. Um, Never change gene. The gene, yeah, the, well, no. It leads to a very nasty morning after, for <laughs> <one> I understand. <laughs> uh, uh, they had, in, they did improve the the gin makeup uh, and outfit. I thought that was that looked a lot better in this one in comparison to the first one.
2: Yeah, it's a bit slicker. It seems that yes. and not. In the offensive way they do in the third movie, which is a conversation for the next episode. But the third movie, is yes. just like a bucket of KY right over that guy. And, <laughs> and this one, it's kind of slick and it looks a bit gnarly. And yeah, I would agree with you. I, I quite like the, the the minor detail improvements they doing this one.
3: Yes, and and I think the reduction in massively shit CGI. Mm. Um, this one, this one was more physical. Yes, um, than, than the first one. And the subsequent one. So I think overall, they're they're probably the key things. Um, there there is one scene that I feel does does beat the lawyer fucking himself, <laughs> A- and uh, that's the old woman shitting out gold coins. Yes, we fart
2: Yes, but, but, but when I was watching that, and I was like, what what did we have? We just crossed over into trauma territory here. What the fuck is going
3: on? It- but, but the best part is, is the preceding line is the gin rolls the dice for the old woman. It obviously comes up Snake Eyes and he says, bad luck, you crapped out. Yes. And then she proceeds to crap out a huge pile of gold coins.
2: Yes, she just keeps like shitting gold coins. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on some of these here. I, I think, yeah, I mean, to me, Andrew Devolve is is good at what he does here. He looks like he's having fun. There is a kind of maliciousness in that almost constant smile on his face that oh. I kind, kind of dig, you know what I mean? It's smugness and it's arrogance oh. and it's playfulness and it's evil and that to me is the summation of what a djinn is supposed to be. So I think he's he's perfectly cast in this. I like the fact that we really lean into this. If we are going to do the Thousand and One Souls Nonsense, um, that he is going to go to places where people are desperate. And I think they cover that really well. First half of this movie, is set in a prison, second half of this movie, is set in a casino. You know what I mean? Yeah. Th- that to me is well thought out. You know, like, that's quite clever. That's where I would, if I was trying to capture souls, prey on people who are weak. Things that, you know, like, from that aspect, I think that works out quite well. Um, I also think, like, you, the, I mean, there, is next to no CGI in this movie, and that's yes. much to its credit because yeah. that first movie, as much as I love everything they're doing, and you've got a, a you know a titan of horror practical effects at oh. the helm. When it starts going CGI, it's like what? Like even at that time, oh. this must have looked kind of blocky and not well rendered.
3: Oh, yeah, it looked really cheap, and yeah. that's what like that's what got me. And you've got oh, you know, you've got Tony Todd, you've got these guys in there that are just freaking legends of the industry and you're going oh that was just completely ruined by a really shit CGI. Yeah
2: it's, it's a weird one, it is a weird one Robert Kurtzman, you know, like comes from that background, he's all of that world where that's why you're getting so much great practical mm. effects so it, it seems like a misstep, I mean it's a misstep that can be thrown at almost every 97 kind of well, yes. horror movie some just age better than others when I was speaking to Ryan I was like I, I want to know what Faustian impact was made um, between uh, Paul Anderson and the devil for um, Event Horizon which at CGI is like impeccable and oh, I don't know and he's really good don't know what they did though like it's a year removed from this and the CGI's held up really fucking well don't know I, don't, I, I literally I don't know what he did It was probably, you give me one good movie and good CGI and I promise you I will direct every Resident Evil movie no one wants to see. (laughs) The devil was like, we have an accord. Um, I just don't get get it. Um, But yeah, so I, I like that aspect about it. Um... I mean, the wishes in this one are a bit more in line with someone actually asking to wish something. In the first movie, like oh. I mentioned before, there's a couple of, is that a wish or is that just someone thinking out loud? I kind of think you're playing Footloose well, in they, Fantasy Free.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, there are some really clear wishes in this one, but early on, there's some, I said this, okay,
2: Yeah, uh, it's, and, it's,
3: and I point to the frozen policeman.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, like, the, mo- the movie is that, for the moves, in. one of my favourite ones of all um, is when he makes the mobster's head change to the other mobster.
3: Yes, that is very cool.
2: Because, like, he says it and he does it right away, and I'm like, that's the sort of thing where I can clearly see. Like, there are certain wishes in here where it's like, when the guy's like that, I want to walk out this jail, I want to walk out right through this cell, right out the front door. And he's like, right, that's what your wish is. And his interpretation of that wish is, I'm going to smush this guy against these cell bars until he contorts, breaks, and becomes like a pulpy mess. And I'm like, that is clearly not what that guy asked for. Like, even however you want to twist it, that is not what that guy asked for. You, yeah, you. Then he's not walking; he has so much smashing. Yes, and he didn't even get out the front door. He has died on the other side. That is a failed wish, Wishmaster. Fuck you and your 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 bounty of lies. But then I see, like, later on with that, like, the, the mobster who's like, you know, you know, I want the, the head of whatever Annie's mm. head becomes. And I'm like, that, that is clearly a you should have defined that better wish. And I love that. So, like, small things like that, I'm totally behind. Uh, I think those those work. Like I say, is the 100, 1001 a, a souls or whatever it is in this movie. I think it's a needless addition, but I think they cover themselves well by where they place... Um, the djinn to collect said so, so I think it covers itself there, so that's okay yes. um, there is a lot of naked women in art in the background we spoke about this yes. just before I hit record um, a lot, like a lot um, Yes. and this is the the, well, the opening
3: scene is literally <laughs> a, a, a painting of a naked woman <laughs> and then every time you go to the woman's apartment there's a naked woman on the wall every other wall, yeah. although you never see her actually naked you never do. So it, it's tasteful nudity. Well, th-
2: this is what I'm thinking. Is this a way to get around it? Is this a way to get around your your cast not wanting to do, like, full frontal?
3: Well, who knows? Um, you know, I'm not going uh, to lie. To quote one of your other co-stars, I was halfway to a wank. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
2: it's just good to see that's trending. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> It's, there's, there's, it feels like it, it's not as egregiously handled as it will be in other movies where they just like, mm, like the just, prerequisite to be in the movie is your tits are out um, yeah. like some horrible fucking wishmaster casting couch um, like <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> as you wish <laughs> oh no um, but it's like so those are, I, I'm kind of way actually the, the humour in this movie isn't always on point Like, sometimes I think they go a bit too cheesy. But when it is handled well, I think it is very playful and very fun. Which these sort of movies should be. These movies should be a darker equivalent of something like Leprechaun. You know what I mean? That idea of, we can grant you wishes, but they come with a cost... And it should be playful and dark and funny and sinister and done that way. Sometimes I think they go a bit too far. Like I say, the lawyer fucking himself gets to a certain point where I'm like, right, his body's twisting and contorting out. And then we get the actual rhythmic motions of him actually, Mm. like, Bashney's back door in and i'm like do do like do i never need to and the camera just stays on it and i'm like right the joke has ran its course the joke ran its course a while ago now and yeah you know it's it's a joke that's no longer funny and i think mm. it, this movie does that same with the, the woman shitting coins i mean it's funny for the first couple of seconds but then we keep going through it and then the, the fart sound effects come in and i'm like Right, I mean, it's yeah, obvious yeah. where those coins are coming from. Do hmm. we need the sound effect? And I think that's yeah, so look,
3: Duncan. We have to disagree. There, farts are always fun. Thank <laughs> well, like, you, yeah, who you are. They're always
2: fun. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, so there's there, there's that. I think that the humour bleeds over, which kind of leads us to the second question. So what? And I think we're kind of touching on some of it. What does Wishmaster two not do well then?
3: Uh, so look, this technically, this should have been the shortest movie in the franchise.
2: Agreed, agreed 100%. Uh,
3: but I'm not sure we agree for the same reason. Oh. So let, let, let me, let me harken back to the first, first one in the, in the series. Yes. The, the Waker defeats the Jin by using, wishing for a time paradox. Yes. Wishing, right? So he's completely defeated. All right. So let's go with that. What happens to the first person that gets a wish from a gin in this movie? Oh, yeah. He says, he says, I wish I'd never been born. Yes. Therefore, if he'd never been born, that robbery would never have taken place. No one ever would have known him. And this movie would have been five minutes long. Did you
2: literally have just blown mind? I hadn't even considered that. I hadn't even considered, like... Not even a little bit. I hadn't even considered that. He's Let's the one that see. shoots the. He's the one that shoots the the statue. Right? Yeah.
3: yeah, he shoots the statue. Everything else that said this movie five minutes long. <laughs> I wish it had been gone. Okay, everything back to the way it was. Problem solved. Everyone goes home.
2: Jack Shoulder, you fool! You, you, you igno- hack! You, you ignorant slut! Um,
3: you fucking runtime whore! <laughs> runtime whore, Jack!
2: A runtime war. <laughs> a discre- that's a couple of Herschel Gordon lewis movies, surely. <laughs> runtime run, run war, one through four. Uh, a
3: great, a I great know time, you know,
2: Yeah, it's a great uh. Uh, but I hadn't actually considered that, but you're 100% right. Um, the, the kind of time paradox being as it is. Yeah, he shouldn't be there at all. Um, yeah,
3: only for the fact that you know this—it's uh, such a—it's such a clever out in the first one mm. to, to throw it in the first five minutes. I'm going ah, because I mean, look, you know that I love like a time travel movie. Oh yeah, and who doesn't? Who doesn't? So, so you know, it, it was just like oh, and I think the only other thing that really didn't go well was the whole religious side with the priest. Yeah, because he—he was—he was the least priesty priest to ever priest a priest.
2: Oh god, it, yeah, like. <sighs> This one isn't the the worst uh, mistake in a franchise of including God. That's the next movie. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, but yeah, there's there is a bit of that kind of trying to sway the mythology towards God a bit more, and then you get like you see a priest who... Is like he's the worst priest, like literally the worst priest ever. Like, there's there a great bit where she's talking about you wouldn't know about sacrifice or something like that. I kind of know a guy that does though. He gave his only <laughs> begotten son. I'm like, oh fuck off! buy oh, yes. a <laughs> guitar, your marshmallows, dick. Yeah. Um, like, it's just like the worst smug. And like, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't like that aspect. I tell you what, I tell you, we're out with the the runtime fiasco on this one, I'll tell you where I kind of like the first indications to me of massive writing on the wall of we're a different world in terms of budget for this movie was the set design the set design in this is absolutely horrendous, including like a museum that doesn't look like a museum um, a kind of wreck area for, for convicts, which is just the roof of a building
3: you know what? I actually I thought about that a fair bit. I reckon they found an abandoned mall They just must have. Everything. the whole thing. They must everything have. everything in there. They it's just have. like cause, because it all looked like it all looked very similar, and it's just like like you said, yeah, the like even her apartment that was just like what did they find? Just an empty warehouse and stuff. It was just weird. Yeah, but yeah. The set design was very very ordinary. I mean, look on the reverse. I think the the shots that were in the the Jin's world which is obviously, you know, the, the back room in Toy Kingdom, yeah. um, <laughs> did, did look kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's always... I would like to think that that was maybe still a room from the previous movie. Um, yeah, possibly. Because, I mean, you're, you're talking two years between between movies, and I, well, the time to green light a project like this is maybe about a year after the first one comes out. So you would like to imagine that still kind of existed. Yeah. Um, the yeah, but like the the casino literally looks like a like a, a lunch area from an old folks, but yeah, know, like a retirement community thing where they've just shoved in some slot machines and I mean the list goes on and on. The set design is just not good, which once again I can kind of forgive to an extent because we mentioned before the practical effects are actually really good. So I mean, you, I give a bit of compromise and you know, we'll lean this way and give them that. The the humor, like I say, the humor in this no. one gets a bit cringy. You've got like, like this, and it's just, this weird cliches and stereotypes in this movie. So I have like a gym for a good forty minutes of this movie being in a prison just because he can harvest huh. some souls, and his encounters with various convicts are just awful, including the ringleader guy who has oh. two twin martial artists, I suppose, who are just openly allowed to train martial arts just out in yeah. the open, in front of guards, who don't seem concerned at all. They're like, yeah, yeah, have a... Here, have this katana blade. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> this, this might help you with your training of becoming a fucking lethal weapon with your twin. Um, and this guy's just allowed to walk around and do whatever he wants to do, and uh, okay. But the dialogue is... Absolutely.
3: Oh, it's cringeworthy Yeah. It and, is cringeworthy
2: And then you have on top of that you have the like the security guard and, and the or the prisoner guard being played by Tiny. A Tiny Lister. Oh
3: yes, Tiny Lister. He was the only one I was happy to see.
2: Yeah. He like, was like one of these ones where I'm like, oh right, here we go. And then he comes in and like he's like kinda of threatening and all the rest and we Build up this huge animosity of you know, he's, he's constantly threatening him and all the rest. And then, you know, he's, his wish turns out to be that he basically wants two minutes alone with him in a room. Uh, and he's going he be- to... He wants
3: a dance Compton style.
2: Yeah. And we get a flash to him being trapped in a room with the djinn. And I'm like, right, this is where we're going to see Tiny dismantled because of all the animosity. No, we're going to cut away from that. You're not going to get to see that. And I'm like, no no we've, built yeah, up, we've spent 15 minutes now building up this kind of he's in his face, he's getting really angry and all the rest this is the payoff for all that you do not cut away on this scene and they were like nope, not doing it
3: and, that, yeah, and then you, you just see him all schemed later like and it's like oh yeah yeah.
2: I, that totally to me good. is a, it's a misstep um, like I say some of the some of the wishes themselves are a bit a bit kind of dodgy but
3: fun yeah yeah like said you know freeze did you say freeze yes
2: mm, frozen <laughs> <laughs> it is such a the mask joke isn't it really you're talking about your you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, but you, you, so you, you've got like so some of that's not handled well and i think ultimately where the movie ends up doesn't feel really satisfying. There is something, like you see, the end of that first movie is actually really clever in that right yeah. to the last minute she's surrounded by suffering and she's like, she's, she's her sister's burning in a painting and everything looks like it's completely fucked and she tries a hunch. She reaches for this. Well, what happens if I try and do the one thing that might undo everything that's happened since? And it's really, really clever. It's like in this movie, the they kind of thought we could we, we could do the clever thing again because that was, and they just couldn't think of any way to get purchase at all um, in the yeah. story. And as a result, the ending's just not once again not the dumbest ending you'll see. Trust me, we've got a couple still to come, but it's just yeah. like really, is that what yeah. we're, is that is that how we're going to end this one? Because it feels uh, yeah, anticlimactic.
3: Yeah, he gets distracted because she wishes the cop back alive again and she manages to grab the gem and say the magic
4: words
2: yeah so, like but the thing is though like it says pure of heart right mm. only a woman pure of heart that has allowed god to come into her soul or whatever um can speak these words so she removes the what she classes as the the cardinal sin right which is the killing of another human being right so that that
3: black oh, and, and cutting her little finger off yes <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i want to know what she did with that finger i want to know what she did with that finger that it was so bad that she had to cut it off i think Mor-
2: morgana might be a secret member of the yakuza oh that's it i think that's what it is i think she's she sent it off to her shogunate. um Who's, who's looking at this going, yes, yeah, most honourable. Um, you know what I mean? It's like very, very happy. Um, apologies to our Japanese so, listeners. Uh, well, like I,
3: said, I went so lowbrow. I just went, I went. maybe that's the one on the stink. Um, yeah. but-
2: <laughs> said, it will never be clean. It will never be clean. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, like, so she removes that, but that doesn't remove the fact that she was a thief. she <laughs> like, yes, she's done like a, she ton was a, of other, yeah, a ton of other really bad things, which should be black marks on her soul. Surely.
3: Well, look, you know, she, and she was clearly trying to seduce a priest. I mean, that's that's not. Uh, I don't know, but you know, all you got to do is cut your finger off, pop into church, and say sorry, um, and it's all good.
2: Yep, I will see this refreshing marks for a priest having a healthy sexual appetite towards a fully aged woman. I mean that's a pain. yes
3: yeah yes I mean look cert- certainly you know she she wasn't uh, she she had a bit of a boyish figure but um <laughs> she, she uh, look at least she was of age and able to consent
2: Yes, this is true. And we will applaud the movie for its bold stance. <laughs> 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 right, let's, let's swing it to... like We've already kind of touched on some of this as well. So we've had one movie before. You, you're best placed to this because you watched them all back to back. In terms of the canon overall... Um, Where does this miss a step? Does it introduce anything that we feel was silly or kind of breaks with the canon set out in the first movie? Or is this the natural progression? Does this do kind of where you expect the second Wishmaster movie to go?
3: Um... Having, having seen them all back-to-back back and, uh, and witnessed it all, I think this is the sufficiently correct level of stupid yep. to be uh, to be at the second one. This is, you know what, the first one did really, really well. We're going to try some different stuff, um, throw in a bit of runtime, and, yeah, we'll go from there. The, this isn't the desperate cash grab of three and four.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you 100%. I mean, there's a, like, like I said before, there's a few details where I'm like... The thing that confuses me, and I, I imagine that in subsequent recordings after this, I'm going to be banging my head off a table is here, Very much like Hellraiser movies, and I kind of hold this in the same category as Hellraiser, um, very much mm-hmm. like Hellraiser movies, these movies sh- should be really easy to write and pretty much write themselves. All you need is a character who discovers the jewel, wakes up the djinn, who then quests for a few souls to come back and put them through all manner of torture until they find the loophole that gets the gem back in the gem. That is li- yes. that is literally how you write this movie, and you can do Roots that.
3: in and repeat.
2: Yeah, you can do this loads of times. This is not one that you know is is beholden to. Well, we can only do four of these before it runs. Like thin. The reason the Hellraiser kind of starts to lose a mark is that they lose that idea. They try and be too clever with the story that's happening and I'm clever in quotation marks Um, they try to be too clever with the story in the background and the introduction of the box and Pinhead becomes such a a secondary factor to the actual movie that by the time, oh hello I'm at the end of your movie by the time he gets wheeled out at the end people are like, oh yeah this is a Hellraiser movie I totally forgot it's like Wishmaster he is all the way through these movies. But what I think the issue is with him is that when you try and overcomplicate what, what is a really simple premise, I think that's when you come into to a bit of danger. Like, you don't have to make these the most exciting movies in the world. You just have to be consistent. And I think... I'm kind of you on this one. The inclusion of the Thousand and One Souls, I think, is a needless step. That being said, though they cover it well enough that I'm happy... And it is the right level of cheese for a second installment. Practical effects are still on point. And they don't, like, introduce you where I'm like, well, that, you know, doesn't make a lick of sense in the canon of what he did before. They've added some additional rules, yes, but the origins of how they find the stone, you know, what he can do, what he can do, the idea of what is eternal. Cannot die. Um, they really, you know, they really kind of hammer that in. That when she wishes for certain things against him, he's like, "No, nope, that's not in the rules. Can't do that." Um, I think that's done well in a in a way where I think, as a second movie goes, this one actually doesn't do much wrong in terms of continuation. It actually does a surprising amount
3: right. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I I'm, mean, I'm, in terms of canon, it yeah. actually does quite well. You know, you still you still know that if she gives him the three wishes, it's going to be gin hell on earth and all that sort of stuff, which is all good. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes sense. Um, you know, the story's there, it's just more about, like you say, overcomplicating the, the actual delivery.
2: Yeah, and I think that's I think that becomes an issue for a lot of franchise. It's interesting because like in describing this franchise to Ryan in the previous segment, I said that uh, to me, Wishmaster always kind of felt like the bastard son of a Nightmare on Elm Street and Hellraiser. It's like someone combined those two and put them put them as a, a like an idea moving forward. And I'm kind of cool with that. Um, and it's interesting that as the franchise goes on, it starts to suffer the exact same problems that both franchises have, in my opinion. In that they just become ludicrous to the point of. Why am I even like when Freddy shows up as the Wicked Witch of the West, I'm out of that franchise so hard. Um <laughs> you know, like there is a Duncan shaped hole in the wall and a fucking smoke trail behind me of how fast I've run away from it and it will never on get me back. Side,
3: though, on the plus side, we don't get uh fat gin. <laughs> yet yet yeah, it's that uh, true, we it, it could be yes, uh Wishmaster 5, Fat Gin. Yes. Wish me another
2: buffet, please. <laughs> um, yeah, just fat. Like, like, fat. There was a couple of things as well, like, a couple of lines that, that we're, we're talking about things which I love. This idea of, you know, I'm going to put you in a hole for a month. And he's like, that, you think that scares me? You know, I've been in a hole for 3,000 years. Like, you know, stuff like that, which I'm like, that's kind of bitching. That's kind of badass. Bits and bobs, like I say, I think they, they, they nail quite well here. Um, the last question for you is. You have to take a position of either you want to recommend this movie or you would not recommend this movie. If you had to pick a position, which you do, either side, what one scene in the movie would you use to back up that position?
3: <sighs> um, <laughs> um, look, I think if you see shit I, and I, coins, I, um, <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> <laughs> I think, in all honesty, I think I, I could recommend this movie. Yep. If only to be able to say, have you ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen um, a, a lawyer fuck himself, right? Yeah. Be contorted to fuck himself. Have you ever seen a roulette wheel jump off a table? And hack people to pieces.
2: Yeah, Mad Max and- style. <laughs> like it goes yeah, exactly. like spikes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen an old woman shit coins until she dies? I
2: knew you were going to see that. I knew you were going to see that. <laughs> I,
3: knew- I told you, Duncan. Farts are funny. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Have you have you ever seen the remake of The Wicker Man with the bees? Well, imagine a whole casino full of the bees. Right? Yeah, as Lucas in this movie, we should have mentioned yeah.
2: that. This this is what, the egregious it's, CG. It's, I think oh. it's not even Lucas. It's the exact same
3: black dot just slipped about the screen.
2: Yeah. It's
3: unbelievable that then on the actual like hacked up dummy, like the horror dummy, they're cockroaches. Yeah, not Lucas. Yeah, they're giant cockroaches. Yep. You know, I think if you've never seen that stuff and, look, you just want to laugh, or if you really want to see a a gin demon turd baby born out of a hole in the wall, um, (laughs) then this movie is for you.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm, kind of weird. I would recommend this one, actually. It it surprises me that I... I'm saying that because coming into this one, I was like, well, I know that the first one surprised me during the summer series by how much I did enjoy revisiting because Wishmaster was always a movie that I I remember cynically watching when I was like 17, 18 and going, this movie's hot trash and you're trying to force another franchise down me and I ain't having it, um, Mr. Filmmaker Man. And yeah it's interesting that come back to and I was actually like it feels like it's hearts in the right place and it's doing a lot of fun things and then I was like well that's going to be the end of it isn't it really we're going to go into that second one the reason I can't remember any scene out with a a lawyer fucking himself is the rest of that movie (laughs) must be hot garbage and I watched it and I've I was, entertained. I think I surprisingly enjoyed quite a bit. And that's not to say it's a good movie because it really isn't, but...
3: Um, no, but you know, you, you laugh, you have a good time, you, you know, you, you scoff and go, oh, I cannot believe they did that. But you still enjoy it. Yeah. As you progress, there, there's more anger oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and yeah, there's an a open st- resentment of having your time stolen. Yeah, there's uh, a, a
2: steep drop-off after this one. You're going to hear it in the next episode, but as it stands just now, I've already recorded my review for part three, so I've already watched part three, and um, there is a massive, massive, oh, there is a yeah. giant bus careering off a cliff edge drop in quality mm. between this one. It, you know, I'll remind you that these were the good old days um, <laughs> for the franchise totally. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, for the, I mean, I would recommend if you watched the first one, I would say you could do a lot worse with your time than watch the second one. It uh, yeah, will entertain absolutely. you at the least. It uh, we'll yes, will do
3: that. You'll have fun with it. You will have fun with this. You'll recognize, you know, the gene and what he's about. You know, they don't need to go through the introduction. Uh, you know, it comes at it from a different Angle sure it's a bit gaudy, um, but um, it, it's good. You you should watch it. It's it's fun, and I think that's the, probably the most important thing about it.
2: Definitely, definitely. it's hard. I think it's, it, it's it's less cynical in terms of its yeah. uh, its reasons for being made than maybe some of the others. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Which leaves us with the grade. Um, so I gave the First Wishmaster four four out five. I said I really liked that. I thought it did it did quite a way, quite a bit well, even egregious cgi aside um it does quite a bit well swinging in this one um i liked it i'd give it a three I, 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 i'm surprised myself that i'm coming in there but by the netflix grade and the way they are three has liked it and i'd be lying if i said i didn't like it so it's a three for me what about yourself which
3: 100 on board with you it's a three it's a good solid i liked it three
2: Nice, nice. Now, you do all manner of awesome things on Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock, a podcast that I will continually promote because I love it dearly. Um, what can people expect from you? This episode will be out in the next week and a half, so what, what's on the horizon? I know you just put out one recently, uh, but what's, what's coming up soon?
3: Uh, so, yeah, I just put out an episode on The Omen, uh, which was great fun. I have got, oh, I've got an absolute star-studded cast of guests coming up Mm -hmm. um derek uh, bourgeois uh ricky and uh, ricky and danny from hail ming uh yourself court psyops uh gary hill who was just on here doing uh a number of different movies but most excitingly we have a shaw brothers series coming up which you were on which is just fantastic fun it was awesome to record it it's going to be even better to listen to
2: hmm yes you need to do it you need to do it go and check out which versus the doomsday clock Um I'm gonna say that I'm taking the jewel and the crown line from uh court psyops and this crew and I'm giving it to the doomsday clock you're now the crown jewel and the tiara that is <laughs> Leisure <Legion> podcast network
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell everybody that and <laughs> start wearing the tiara
2: <laughs> if anyone could pull it off sir you that list. yeah it's sure. right every day no pain <laughs> right I'm going to take a very short break just now I'm closing out the show though when I come back right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs And you've been listening to the Podcast Under The Stairs. This has been episode 201, the first of the two-part series looking at the Wishmaster franchise doing Russian roulette franchise style for Podcast Under The Stairs. Thanks very much to my guests Ryan Lewis and The Witch from Witch versus The Doomsday Clock for taking some time out to come across and discuss those two movies. Within the next week, you'll get the second and final part of this series looking at Wishmaster. We have another two great guests, Gary Hill and Alicia Newman joining me for parts three and four. So I'll be coming up, like I say, sometime before Halloween. So basically within the next week. As a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. As always, I say, come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the feed, leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, and of course, Spotify. Visit our website, it's tputscast.com, and you can buy merch like pins and posters from tputscast.bigcartel.com. The pennies we make from there come back and help us finance some of the things that we do under the stairs. Come across and check us out on Facebook. If you want to interact with other listeners chatting about horror and the show, then that's the group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash t Alternatively, if you only want to know when the shows are dropping, occasionally you'll check out a live stream on Thursday, Thursday, then to do that you go to facebook.com forward slash t You can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin problems of social media this Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at t and if you want to get involved with a little bit of social media designed for podcasters and listeners to interact then it's Flick Chat you want to join over on it's free on iOS and on Android create yourself a profile and join to our page using the join code TPUTSCAST. the conversations of these episodes obviously finish they have to when I stop but the carry over on curated message boards on that app as well as not only interacting with us you can also listen to the shows directly through there so if you don't like iTunes you don't have Stitcher and you just want to listen to the shows and comment in real time do it through Flick Chat um, and that's all I have to say about that the podcast under the stairs will return tomorrow for you ladies and gents when we do a listener club it's going to be movie club listener Reviews, One Cut of the Dead for October. I'm not going to lie, participation is low. That episode is going to be short AF, and some people might be happy about that because there's a lot of content coming this week, and to be honest with you, there's going to be a lot of content coming next week as well. So until I speak to you then, wherever you are, what are the time zone is, and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan police broadcasting live from Under the Stairs, and I am signing off.